Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Topper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD and screen time, addiction and mindfulness. And with us in our virtual studio is Christine Robinson. Before we get into the content of the show, uh, real quickly, this show is being brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Um, in celebration of that, we're, we're, we'd like you to put in your hands a couple copies of Attention Magazine, which you get as a member benefit of Chad, but you can also uh, subscribe to the magazine by itself. So in order to get two free digital copies, all you got to do is just listen to this show. During the show, we're going to give out a secret word. And you can listen to another show recently, within the last year, or a future show, and write down the secret word of that. Then all you have to do is send me an email with the two secret words. That's all you have to do. Um, and the address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. Again, just an email, Jeff, two secret words, this show and another show. You don't even have to say that. Just Jeff, give me the secret words and we'll make it happen. And email that to attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When I get that, we'll forward it and we'll have Chad send you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine and the next coming Attention uh, Magazine issue. Um, Chad's got a tip that we're going to run. Um, for uh, promoting this event and us. And after that, we'll get into the meat of the show. So here's the tip. For adults with ADHD who struggle in the workplace, here are three tips. Use self-talk to monitor impulsive actions. Work with a coach to role-play appropriate responses to frustrating situations. Anticipate problems that regularly trigger you and develop coping routines. To learn more strategies, visit Chad's website at helpforadhd.org. Thanks again, Chad, for that tip. For those that are not aware, uh, Children and Adults with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. Uh, we really encourage all of our listeners to become members of Chad. Uh, you certainly get a lot of great member benefits. Uh, they have a discount card uh, if you're getting stimulant medications. It's not an insurance program. It's just a discount card, attention magazine. They discount the conferences. There's a whole host of stuff. But that's not the real reason. The real reason is to support them financially because a strong Chad is a strong ADHD community. They're the ones that are advocating for us on Capitol Hill. They're the ones that are going to the regulatory agencies once laws are passed, making sure that the language is, is conducive for us for accommodations and other help that we might need. So it's a very, very important organization, and we really encourage you to support them because um, supporting them is supporting the organization. Again, you get a lot of really good benefits. So. Uh, with that, let's get into the meat of the show. Um, so let's tee this up a little bit. Uh, our topic tonight is uh, ADHD and spring time, the addiction, and, and uh, we'll talk about the mindfulness in a second. For those that are interested, I did a, a three-part series um, a while ago on ADHD and spring addiction with um, Dr. Clifford Sussman. Uh, the first show, we talked about the biology of, um, of addiction. The second show, we talked about um, how many things – in the digital world are designed to be addictive. And we focused on the game Candy Crush. And we walked through kind of point by point about how the game was designed to make it addictive. And we talked about how those with ADHD or kind of pray to that. And then the third call, we talked about um, treatment. 
this is after you're, you're having a problem with screen addiction. Um, and so that's, that's a real interesting series. Tonight, or today, what we're here to talk about is mindfulness and the challenges. And I'm going to be perfectly frank and totally honest. One of the things that I don't care for in the world is how everybody makes everything sound really pretty easy. And I think this one's just, it's just plain hard. Uh, but our goal tonight really is to have a conversation about this to help you understand what's going on, to give you the ability and the power to kind of pause and override some of this stuff uh, yourself and then know how to deal with others. So with me joining um, in this conversation is Christine Robinson. She's a certified ADHD coach and an educational consultant certified by the Federation of Children with Special Needs in Boston. Christine has spent over 12,000 hours coaching children, teens, adults, couples, and college students. She received her bachelor's degree in psychology from Clark University and her master's in education from Fitchburg State University, graduating summa cum laude. Uh, as well as having her own practice in Nashville, Tennessee. She also is associated with the Hollowell Center in New York City. Um, Christine has her own training program for those uh, who would like to add coaching to their existing practice or to start their own ADHD coaching business. Uh, you can find more information about her at her website at addactioncoach.com. With that, Christine, welcome to the show. Great. Thank you, Jeff. Great to be back. So, um, you, you reached out to me, and we started having this kind of conversation about this particular thing. And, you know, it's interesting to me because um, realize and learn that um, psychologists have actually learned how to crack the code on the primitive brain, if you will. So you have the news media, you have politics, and you have corporate America that are all vying for attention. And they know certain things that, that people are attracted to. Uh, in order to get them to buy, and there's a there's a delicate line between attracting attention and addiction, um, aka the, the whole smoking thing a couple of years ago, actually 20 years ago, where they're talking about how the smoking companies actually marketed to teens to get them hooked in kind of for life, and I find it kind of fascinating yeah. because. The crowd with ADHD really struggles with self-regulation, and we're talking about going online, and there's so many things online that are nice and shiny, and they're also designed to, to get people with ADHD. Some of it's legitimate, but it's still kind of cool, and this is really becoming a, a very big problem for the ADHD community. You want to share your thoughts on the global problem and how it requires self-regulation to manage this, which is the very challenge of those with ADHD. Absolutely, Jeff. I'm just seeing more and more of this in my client base every day where people will come to me with time management issues and then we start really getting into the meat of their everyday behavior and they share with me how they get lost on YouTube, um, video games, social media, and just smartphones in general and how the, the problem that this is creating for them. And again, I always emphasize that inherently not one of these things is quote unquote bad. It's what they could be doing with their time if they didn't have these distractions and, and what better things they could be doing with their time. And I'm sure you see that in your practice as well. Absolutely. Um, oh, there's so much to kind of cover here. Um, Let's just so just a little bit of background. You know, one of the things that that I have found fascinating, and again, we're everybody, we're going to bring in like lots of other like things into this conversation because this is a really dynamic type of a thing. But you know, 
particularly for the ADD crowd, I did some research some years ago, Christine, about boredom, and those with ADHD are more susceptible to what we call agitated boredom, which is the need for external stimulation. And everybody, you can Google mm-hmm. attention talk radio on boredom and go back and listen to a show we talked about it. But Christine, it was interesting because they described those with ADHD were more susceptible to agitated boredom, but the definition of it was the physical discomfort. And I really want to emphasize the physical discomfort where they're motivated to escape the plight or as I refrain, they're physically uncomfortable and they're going to do anything to get comfortable. And in those times when you're driving in the car or in the line at the DMV or in those, <laughs> like sitting in the airport waiting for the, in those moments, those white spaces where one would become bored, people with ADHD are physically uncomfortable. And it's interesting because they react and they go to the, their devices to solve that boredom problem. To, to, to kind of get that fixed. And it's fascinating to me because the research is really pretty clear. The more you don't have to deal with short-term boredom, the higher propensity that you have for what's called long-term boredom. That's kind of like at some point in time, nothing occupies your mind. And the rates of, of depression and long-term boredom are very highly kind of correlated. And it's funny because I'm kind of going back to the epicenter is you get, you get into this one side of it is the self-regulation. I'm bored. I want to do something. And so in that minute or two, you grab that phone and you're off to the races, and that's really, really difficult. So part of it is the boredom actually, it's, it's like eye candy that, that you gravitate to that, mm-hmm. that solves that immediate problem that creates a longer-term problem. Sure, your thoughts on that? Well, it really does because, um, you know, to, to just pick up your smartphone, that is, it's like a temporary fix. And, you know, we have to guide people and none of this is easy. Like what you, what you said before yep. is so true. This is so difficult. Right now I have several clients doing digital detox, uh, social media, YouTube, just uh, smartphone reduction in general. And they share with me how hard it is because we have to find things that are going to replace that and in and of itself, that is very, very difficult because many of these people have been, you know, in these daily habits for years now, ever since, you know, everyone had a smartphone, basically. Yep, yep. So, again, everybody, sorry we're all over the place, but there's, there's all kinds of things. But you talked about digital detox. That's not mm-hmm. a fun experience. In fact, as I understand, when you go through detox, actually, I mean, you get kind of cranky and you get kind of crabby, and it's it's a it's a very very bad feeling. From your well, perspective, and, and it's what also, about? Oh, I'm sorry, Jeff. Oh, oh no, I was oh, just going I, to say that 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 phrase that you used, just uncomfortable. That's exactly what my clients are reporting, that they are feeling agitated, uncomfortable. You know, I've suggested exercise doing other things to get them out, you know, in the air, in, in the world. So, and out of, you know, their dorm rooms or if they're adults out of their office because they have to experience something else in replace of this because Absolutely. this has become and such so a habit. Everybody, the, the, real, the real emphasis of this show is really the mindfulness, the, the awareness of what's going on to give you the power to kind of pause and override it real quickly. When I did the interview with Dr. Sussman, we talked about how the brain, it likes dopamine, and when you're doing these games, it releases 
with dopamine. And at some point in time, your brain can only take so much of it. So like if you're doing crack cocaine, it releases dopamine and the brain says, I can't take so much. And so the dopamine receptors, and I'm not going to get into life, they kind of mute themselves after a while so that they don't receive as much of it as being out there. So what happens is the brain's got to get more to have the same feeling. So that dopamine levels go up and you got to remember dopamine is the feel good neurotransmitter. It's the reason we procreate. It's the reason we seek food. And when you go through detox, what happens is you're taking that stuff away. You're taking that pleasure thing. So the opposite of pleasure is pain, and it's it's restless. It's uncomfortable. It's agitated because it's uncomfortable. It goes back to you're physically uncomfortable, and you want to escape the plight. So there's that's where this other stuff kind of comes in. And I think the key for this in the mindfulness, and the reason I'm bringing this up, if I talked to parents before their kids were having some issues, and they take the the, the the digital device away and instantaneously there's a huge fight for a couple of days because the individual's agitated and there's a biological component here where you're agitated and if you're listening to the show and like hey I'm going to do this I'm just preparing you when you go away from it you're going to have a couple of days where you're physically uncomfortable and you should expect for this and plan for this if you're going to be successful so you, you want to add anything to that or, or just your thoughts on that, yeah. that biology, why you're uncomfortable, and the need that you need to know that going into it, because if you don't, you're going to have a hard time. Yeah, I, I mean, honestly, Jeff, I would say that it is more than a couple of days. Absolutely. I've had clients um, who have deleted social media, for example, off of their phones, and they feel what they describe as lost because their, their connections to those things that they were normally viewing day after day after day, their friends' activities or different groups is gone. Uh, they absolutely know that this has been bad for them, that their feelings of anxiousness and depression were escalated because of their involvement in social media. Intellectually, they, they know it's bad, but it, it yep. is the process of the detox, and it is tough. Yep. But after two to three weeks, typically it gets better. You know, it's, it's funny. I would describe years ago, everybody, this is a long time ago. I used to be high adventure scoutmaster, and I used to go backpacking on the Appalachian Trail. And it's funny because I even use my smartphone even more now. But going a week is like it's funny. Every time I got in cell service, I was quick to find out what's going on. Now, part of it was business-wise, but there was other types of things where I was kind of kept connected in. Now, it always took a couple of days on the trail, and it was kind of weird because I would actually relax at a new level that I hadn't been accustomed to because um, I was forced to. I couldn't get service. But at the same time, it was interesting because part of it, I was drawn to it to catch up business-wise, but also what would creep in these other things. So, um, hey, well, let's go to a break here real quick. When we come back, I want to start talking a little bit about uh, tricks and stuff from mindfulness that can kind of help you become aware and think about what you're doing. Um, as we go into break real quickly, our secret word tonight is screen. Our secret word is screen. To learn more about Christine, go to her website at addactioncoach.com. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Do you worry when your child is left out? Does your child have trouble making and keeping friends? Do they act out in school? Life skills can be challenging for ADHD kids. Learn how you can be her greatest ally. Get your parenting questions answered live the first Monday of every month in a Facebook chat with former Attention Talk radio host Caroline McGuire. She's the author of the upcoming book, Why Will No One Play With Me? Go to www.carolinemaguireauthor.com to learn more. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. 
ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. The average annual cost of attending college starts around $25,000. Students who have ADHD are at high risk of dropping out because they haven't learned the critical skills they need to succeed in school. Protect your investment with an EDGE Foundation coach, specifically trained to help students with ADHD and Executive Function Challenge make the transition from high school to college. Visit edgefoundation.org to learn more or call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE to get your free college success guide. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by DigCoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Christine Robinson. We're having a conversation about the hard stuff. Yes, the hard stuff. Down-regulated or managing self-regulation, if you will, in the face of screen time addiction. Um, before the break, we were really kind of talking about this is not an easy issue. We started kind of talking about uh, ancillary things that draw you to it, uh, boredom, and then the whole detox process. And really, the trick here is we're talking about these things so you can become mindful because at the end of the day, you've got to pause and you've got to do something. Um, and pausing is not an easy trick, and the doing something is not an easy trick. But hopefully we're going to give you some ways to think about this and kind of uh, and mind hacks, if you will, to kind of do that. Um, at, the, at the beginning of the last uh, part, Christine, you were talking about um, – Noticing the lost time that you're uh, that you're losing on these things, and try to be think about something that you could do that would be more productive and stuff like that. Can you tell us about more about your thoughts on that and how you're working with people to kind of get them to search for that and find something to override those urges? Absolutely. First, I encourage them to keep a journal on how much time they're actually spending on social media or YouTube or, you know, whatever digital devices is is the problem. Because until that's really recognized, you know, we have to develop a plan. And that helps us develop a plan to move forward to decrease the time. People in business can't completely get off social media or electronics or email. So my adult clients have to be conscious of what they're doing now and, and where they need to go, uh, you know, time-wise, to, you know, to decrease the time and find out how we can kind of recalibrate all of that. So keeping the journal is key. Yeah, and so for those people out there, I, I could not agree with you more because by writing that stuff, it's mindful. For some people – with ADC, that's a bit of a challenge to kind of stop. And so I've done some things before where you just go out and you get a bunch of marbles and you have a jar, and every time you get a marble, you stick it in your pocket. And as the day goes on, you got you start having a hard time putting marbles in different places. So you have the physical sensation that kind of gives you a barometer of it. Again, it's the same thing that Christine is doing, but those who find themselves having a hard time to self-regulate, it's a kind of a, a nifty little thing. Um, you know, Christine, one of the things that, that, that I have my people do sometimes is to pause and say when they're on Facebook or they're playing a game, how is it serving them? In other words, what are they getting out of that activity? Uh, how is it helping them? Absolutely. Just by asking that oh. question. They're like, okay, so I'm reading about 
you know, I'm on Facebook and I'm liking somebody eating frosted flakes in the morning, whatever that is. And like, what is that doing for me? Um, it's been actually interesting because some. Well, oh no! I mean, that could also be part of the journal experience if if they can do that. Some of my clients can, and some just can't. Tally system. If if I'm going to be on Facebook and you know how much time am I spending? So you just write ten, ten minutes, fifty, you know, fifty minutes, whatever the time is, just to make them aware of what's going on. And I completely agree with your point about. What am I getting from this experience? That's so important because until they can really uh, define that, you know, that's that's the only way to move forward and change the behavior. It, it, you know, it's interesting. This is everybody. This is a coaching thing. I don't expect you to know this, but I I've coached people before. What I do is I'll listen to successes in their life where they're really on top of the world, and I say, well, what do they all have in common? Like, what's that thing that's there? And it's funny because I'm coaching a person right now who came in one day. She went through a list of everything that she's done, and da, 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 and she wants to find a career that she's passionate about. I'm like, we know it's common about everything you've ever done is you love to learn. Like, she's like, okay, but I need to have a job that I'm passionate about. And she's thinking about title. I'm like, you're thinking about, like, secretary or web designer. You get rid of that. It's the one thing that you can't not pay attention to is learning. So you've got to look at a job where you're, you're learning for something. And I'm sharing that with you because this is not something of normal people – or accustomed looking to, but there's some people that I know with ADHD I've coached that do things because they like affirmation. They'll do anything if they're noticed. And mm-hmm. it's not, not as visible, but you start to look at everything they do. And sometimes I'll say, well, how does it serve you? And they actually begin to realize they're doing it because they're getting, they want likes, they want stuff, they want to be noticed. And it's been fascinating to me when they do that. And I go, well, I'm doing it to get noticed, to get noticed, to get noticed. And I say, well, okay, so you're getting noticed. How is it serving you to get noticed on the Internet? And a few of them had some revelations is it's, it's not serving me because I'm becoming withdrawn. I'm doing it for that connection, but I'm not getting the same kind of connection as I would. And I actually had one woman who put it away and actually started doing more things at church to get noticed. And it was just a, it's a little bit of a side tangent, but this exercise of like, how is it serving me to do it is one, am I doing it for the obvious reasons? And sometimes you get to some other things and there's a little bit of self-discovery on it. So I didn't want to get too much off the beaten path, but sometimes it, if you're, it can get a little bit more in depth, but just well, noticing what am well, I doing? Ed? Yeah, well, on that on that same note, Jeff, I think that the people who really want to bring their, um, you know, their social media or uh, electronic presence down, they have to tell people in their lives that they are working on this. So there is uh, an accountability process. Uh, it, so because if you just don't, if you don't tell anyone that you're doing this then, you know, you're going to still be on your devices just like usual. So I encourage them to call people as opposed to texting. Meet people as opposed to, you know, sending, you know, personal messages on Facebook. And, you know, really get out there in the world again because I believe that is why people are more depressed and anxious than ever in in our society. It's funny because I, you know, when you were saying you got to tell people in your circle, the first thing that came to my mind is the alcoholic going to AA. The first thing is I'm an alcoholic. It's like you got to make that mm-hmm. pronounce and, and and you have to own it a little bit and say, hey, listen, I'm detoxing. Tell your friends and stuff like that. It makes it more real. It's more mindful. If you can't even say that, then it's an issue. But if you can, you're starting to kind of move down that road. Um, another thing that that I'm kind of throwing out there is 
there's a mindfulness in as much as a lot of this is just stopping and pausing, but you also have to be mindful sometimes to put in very hard things. Um, Peter Shankman in New York City, I think he's actually got a podcast that he's been doing, and he's done, I've seen him talk around, uh, he actually um, has some soft computer software, and he's designed it at certain times of the day where it shuts everything down, he can't even get access to it. And he's got somebody else, I believe, who has the password to the software, so even if he wanted to cheat, he couldn't do it. And he does that in a mindful way to inhibit his ability keep him from tempting himself. And apparently it was put in place, as I understand. It's not like he just threw something in. It took a while to set up and kind of put that thing together. But that is kind of a little bit, not as as in the moment of pausing and doing that stuff, but you're you're mindfully designing an environment to inhibit your temptation to that on some other things, which is sometimes what it takes in order to do this stuff. So thoughts on that? I, I have parents definitely doing that in their homes with younger children you know, turning off the Wi-Fi at 7 p.m. so they can, you know, do their homework uninterrupted. I also have parents taking smartphones away from teenagers, say, at 5 or 6 o'clock at night so they can have, you know, their texting or social media for a couple of hours after school, but then that is it. And then they don't get their phones back until the morning, you know, when they go to school. So it is a bit of a forced, you know, a forced regimen, but it it does seem to be working. Absolutely. I tell you what, let's go to another break real quick. Everybody, our secret word tonight is screen. Our secret word is screen, and you need to learn more about Christine. Go to her website, addactioncoach.com, and with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, TimeTimer's bright red disc disappears. Visit TimeTimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. You can't go off to college with them, but we can. Visit EdgeFoundation.org to learn more how an edge coach can help your student reach their full potential. You can also call 206-632-9497 and use promo code EDGE and get a free college success guide. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio back here everybody with Christine uh, Robinson having a conversation about need for mindfulness to manage uh, uh, screen addiction and um, we have a lot to cover in this last little piece but I think that the key here is the conversation to bring some awareness that you're sitting there and you can pause and notice kind of what's going on and during the break I made a few things that just some points to make sure we get covered number one is 
we talked about boredom earlier because if you're bored, it's harder to self-regulate. And if you can catch yourself or know in those moments that I'm going to be staying in the DMV line to take, I don't know, Sudoku with you to override that urge to get on your phone, knowing that you're going to have that white space. That's a mindfulness act to kind of keep you off of it. Um, um, stopping every once in a while and saying, how does it serve me to be on YouTube or on face playing Jelly Car or Candy Crush or whatever it is really, really good? Um, realizing that if you're already in the soup and you're, you need to put this thing away, you're going to go through a detox process. You're going to be very uncomfortable. You're going to be very ad- agitated, and you actually need to plan for some of that stuff before it happens. Um, the notion that you need to not tempt yourself. You need to create barriers so that you don't get to that. Setting those things up is a, is a bit of a mindfulness act. Another one is to actually realize is that um, a lot of these things are addictive. So, uh, you know, Christine, when you go to a bar, there's usually salty things at the bar. The reason for that is because you drink more. It makes more money. Food has been engineered to taste good so you eat more. Um, video games have been engineered so you want to play them more. Social media has been engineered. So you've so you got to realize that all this stuff out there is engineered to get you to pay attention to it. And you've got to kind of pause and, and recognize that. And it's kind of funny because I – Remember back in my days, I was living in New York City back in the 80s, and as a business guy, we'd do cold calls on people back in the days when they answered the phone and they had voicemails. And a lot of times we'd call and say, hey, listen, this is really Jeff. I got an exciting discount, and we could hang up on something, and we'd leave our number before that. And that we got this exciting thing and realized people wouldn't call back if it was a solicitation, but if there was some unanswered question that was exciting, they were drawn to answer the phone call, and they would kind of call us back. All of that stuff is really to kind of prey on their brain to get them off of this stuff. And at the end of the day, Christine, this really comes down to people reclaiming control of their attention, which goes back to this is difficult. So I went through some things. You want to comment on that or anything you want to add? Well, I, you know, I've been doing some research on, you know, just digital addictions, and I've seen some surveys out there saying that 61% of people admit to being addicted to the internet or their devices. So when, when you think wow. of that number, we are not alone. Um, whether you have ADHD or not, obviously the chemistry of having ADHD is even going to make you more prone, like you were saying before, to being addicted. But this is, to me, this really is at the crisis level. You know, when I see 18-month-old, 18-month-old kids running around with, with cell phones and, and, you know, viewing games and cartoons every time I'm out shopping, you know, they're getting stimulated by that. And how are they going to do that in two or three years when they go to kindergarten? How are those kids going to be able to pay attention to a teacher? So, so it's a, to me, it's at the crisis level, you know, in very young children, equally to those of, of adult age and teenagers in between. Uh, I really it, like, it is, I really like, I'm sorry, keep, keep finishing. Oh, no, it, it's, it's such a concern, and I just don't feel like people are talking about it enough, and I just feel like people are saying to each other, it's okay, it's okay if my teenager's on playing video games for six hours a night. It, you know, it's not okay because it really is changing their brains and the way they're processing information, and it's limiting potential. I guess overall, you know, again, like I said before, if you're taking 10 minutes of viewing Facebook or playing a video game, no, it's not bad, but it's it's the control, the self-control, and it's also the things that these people are not doing that would be so much better for them. 
So, oh my God, Christ is saying, I, I like. I like that comment because I think we have to speak to that level and have these conversations. You know, it's funny. I was at a conference, a conference not that long ago, and they were talking about the digital world, and they were justifying it like it's here to stay. We can't get rid of it. Now, I don't deny that it's here to stay, but that doesn't mm-hmm. mean that we can't have some type of discipline with this. Another thing is, is when it comes to self-regulation and screen addiction, I, you know, a lot of parents sometimes is – I remember – going on those long drives and vacation back in the 70s with my brother in the backseat of Ford with the air conditioner and was like, you know, stop touching me. And, you know, for two hours, you know, my parents were like, oh, my God, we can't do this. Now, you know, families get in and everybody's on the Internet, and, and it's, it's a pacifier a little bit. And so I remember those long trips in the summertime. We had to learn to deal with boredom a little bit. And if we have our kids at a young age deal with some of this stuff, they're actually conditioned to require it, which creates a little bit more of a problem. The other thing that to me that's taken away is the need for these is, is, is eliminating observation. And I remember my mother telling me this um, several months ago is that back in the old days in the sixties and seventies when I grew up, she would dry clothes on a, uh, on a clothesline. And mm-hmm. back in those days that she would say, you didn't really listen to the weatherman because they were, they could be right or wrong. You went outside and you looked up and she said, I couldn't, I don't know. I couldn't put my finger on it, but I just would make observations and I would get a sense of what was going to happen. And she said, you know, every once in a while I got it wrong and it rained, but for the most part, she was more accurate than the weatherman because she was out there just noticing and looking around and these digital devices are taking out, I think a lot of people's ability to make these observations because it's a media type thing. And that's, that's creating other problems too, because people are not aware of the bigger picture. One of my favorite things that uh, Dr. Thomas Brown said is, you know, it's, it's watching, like watching a basketball game through a telescope. You can see a bunch of action, but you don't really know that it's a basketball game. And so just more things that kind of bring into here that are creating this problem, which takes us back to that crisis kind of level, which is it's difficult. And I think you're right, Christine. We've got to have this discussion for people to be aware of it in order to do something about it. It's just preventing, in my opinion, you know, especially with the young children and the teens being on these devices all the time, it's preventing their development of attention to detail. It's preventing them from learning really significant life skills. Uh, you know, when, when, like, for example, when you're in the kitchen cooking, well, you could be teaching your 13-year-old how to make pasta or something and and they're in the other room playing video games and they're not having that level of interaction that we've had 20 or 30 years ago and it's it's very sad in in some ways and it's really preventing kids from developing that sense of independence and owning you know their their, their teen years and and you know just growing up absolutely so i want to kind of wind this thing down but, Christine, I want to have a conversation about a lot of times I find people with ADHD, they come to me and they want me to fix them. They want me to give them the solution. They want me to give them the trick. I was coaching a guy that was living in New York who was having some issues with screen addiction on his phone. And he was like, you know, what do I do? I said, you know, you're tempting yourself all the time. It's like putting a, a donut in front of you and sitting there for eight hours. If you're dying, you say, don't eat the donut. At some point in time, willpower is a finite resource and you're going to kind of eat the donut. And so I was like, you know, maybe you should take all the games and stuff off of your phone. And he struggled with that. Finally, he did it. And then one day he calls me up 
and he tells me, oh, my God, I've got to do something about this. I almost got run over because I was crossing the street in New York City, and I was oblivious, and a taxi slammed on its brake, and he said, four inches further, and I would have been, I would have been out. He goes, what mm-hmm. do I do? And I said, let me ask you a question. Playing on your phone, yeah. The games are back on the phone. He said, yeah. I said, how they get back on there? He said, well, I put them on there. I said, what do you want me to do about that? Like, how can I coach you to that? You're waiting for some other force to solve this problem for you, they can take the phone away, but this is the level that you've got to engage and say, I've got a problem and override that urge. And, you know, Christine, what was fascinating to me about it is it took about a month. He just wasn't getting the concept. Didn't want to hear it, which was, it's, I, I'm sharing this with everybody because this is the level I'm having the conversation. We've got the facts out there, but he's not even mindful that, wait a second, what do I do? I got to, I, have to stop myself from putting the games back on. I'm seeing this a lot, and I presume you're seeing it as well. Is that accurate? Uh, absolutely. That's why I stress so much that they have to have an accountability partner, whether it's a friend, if it's a mom and dad, if the child's still living at home. You, you have to be held accountable, not only just to us as coaches who are usually remote, you know, in a, in a coaching yep. situation, but someone present. And if it's a college roommate, you know, whoever it is, because if you're not held accountable, this is hard, hard work. But once you start doing it, you will experience the benefits, I can assure you. Um, that this is all, you know, in the long run, it's about, I told a, a teenager that I, who I coach, she's 16. And I said to her, this is going to improve your whole life. And in 10 years and in five years, you'll, you'll remember this. Yep. But, you know, she's kind of going through, you know, this, this detox and she can't see the benefits yet. But I know in a month or two, she will really start to see them. Absolutely, absolutely. So, so Christine, at the end of the day, I think this is a good show to have, to have that conversation because there's, I don't – I, as a coach, there's – I can help you think about it. I can help you do it. I can can make it a lot easier on you as a coach. But at some point in time, there's a level within a person that they have to actually be aware enough to regulate and not do it. As I say, you got to get up in the morning. We can put an alarm clock across the room. Ed? Oh, oh no. I was just going to say, you know, I really, uh, I I stress going to the research on this because it, it is, data. <laughs> it's all in the numbers, yep. you know, where we as coaches are not making these statistics up that people that yep. are on their devices are, let's see, two and a half times more likely to be depressed. You know, yes. those are mental health statistics. So that's why when I say Absolutely. this is at a crisis level, I really mean that. Absolutely. And everyone, the trick really is at some point in time, you've got to own it. Inside, you can't wait for the world to do it, tricks and strategies or whatever, but at the end of the day, you gotta, you, you got to like say you're not going to do this, and it's not an easy thing to do. So we didn't solve your problem today, but what we're trying to do is create awareness on this so that you're more mindful of it so that you can actually kind of pause and catch yourself. So uh, as we close out the show, Christine, any last thoughts before we call it a day? I, I think we've covered it. Um, you know, we're, we're here to help. Jeff and I are, are here to help and support and give guidance. And that's, you know, there, there is hope. And you can absolutely make this change um, if you put the absolutely. right plan in place. Absolutely. So, everybody, with that, Christine, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much again, Jeff. Hope to talk, to, talk with you soon. 
Absolutely. Everyone, our secret word tonight is screen. Again, our secret word tonight is screen. And to learn more about Christine, go to our website at www.addactioncoach.com. With that, we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Attention Talk Radio. Take care. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.